Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. Hey, Babs, I Boosie. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. This is Jay Rose. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. boy for life. I actually found it on the button bar. Like, I feel like I'm getting in the groove again. We are back with Sportscast Radio on this 13th of October. Uh, joined as uh, as always, my my current host uh, in co-host and share here is uh, is Elijah. Elijah, how are you doing today? Man, I'm all right. I think we might need a new song. We, we might need. A, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think uh, maybe maybe since you and I are the uh, super backpacky uh, indie hip hop gurus, we might have to uh, join forces and, uh, and maybe pick something uh, uh, something to really get us hyped when it comes down to them bars, man. I was thinking some like Stega Lee or something maybe. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get some some Benzino. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you. Uh, I know you didn't. Uh, you didn't watch the fight last night, but I, I texted within the group chat. I said the, the guy that used it fighting is uh, is is looks a lot like Benzino, <laughs> heavyweight Benzino. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. Yeah. It, <laughs> was it was it bad? No, go ahead. Was it bad? Um. No, I, honestly, I, I here's the here's the thing is that. The guy, I guess the guy took the fight on five days' notice. And, five uh, days. And yeah, and like he took, uh, he went, he went eight rounds with Usyk. So uh, props to him, as far as I'm concerned. Like he, uh, I, I, I gave him one round, but uh, but uh, you know he 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 looked like he, he wasn't. It wasn't a uh, like an easy easy go for Usyk by any means. Like. You know he had to he had to work to get his punches in there a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I, it was what it was for a guy that took the fight on. If you told me he took the fight on five days' notice and uh, and he did that good, like, hey, I'm 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 gonna give him all the props in the world to be perfectly honest. Good old Alexander. Yeah, that guy. Uh, uh, he's calling for <laughs> calling for uh, Deontay Wilder uh, already. Ooh. That could be interesting. Deontay Wilder still got to get past Luis Ortiz, though, now. I mean, Luis Ortiz, uh, this is a, a much time. dangerous fight. This is a much dangerous fight than I think a lot of people are, like, really, you know, thinking. Like, I think a lot of people are kind of really looking past uh, – Looking past Ortiz, and when he when um, Wilder squeaked out a victory against him last time, so I mean, so I mean, um, I don't know. Like like I said, he's got to get past Ortiz now again before 
we even think about this. So, but no, no, I like I like U six. I like U six. He? he did, but like there was a couple times in the fight where Ortiz like rocked Wilder. He and like, oh my god! Like yeah, there are some times in the fights where. Right. And I th- I think for a while the Ortiz might have been ahead, honestly. So, like I said, you gotta get past Ortiz now. Well, if uh, the, the last guy that he fought for the the second time around, uh, it did not go the twelve rounds that it did previously. So. Uh, it'll be <laughs> granted. I'm sure there's. A, I, I in fact I know there's a large difference in skill between Berman Stavern and and Ortiz. However, uh, <laughs> however, uh, you know Luis Ortiz. If if Wilder does what Wilder wants to do, this fight will be over in the first four rounds. If if that's what he wants, you know what I mean? Would Would you agree? Yeah, but I like. Luis Ortiz's style doesn't really allow Wilder to do what he wants to do like right away. Like, yeah, like that, yeah, I agree. When he fights like guys that can box, you know, he has to kind of like he has to kind of get them tired and like land a big punch. You know what I mean? When he fights a guy that that can box and stuff, because he's not just running out there and being able to bomb on them right away because, you know, they can box. Stavern, like, yeah. is, can't, do, can't do nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to see if, uh, you know, if, if, if Wilder does take a more um, classic approach in, into his fight where he's, you know, maybe, maybe works the jab. Uh, like a traditional boxer, and then and then tries to go for the big punches. If you know the Fury fight taught him anything, you know he, he said he was definitely uh, you know loading up on it to try to try to get that big punch. So if he tries to you know slow it down a little bit, maybe box a boxing match to uh, to for lack of better lack of better term, but maybe throw off the norm or the expectation um, that could leave it open. I mean that potentially as far as it goes. So I mean if he switches up. That that could be something to be said, but at the same time, thirty something fights in, uh, he's not uh, uh, he hasn't changed yet. And he swings he swings wild, but he gets the job done. Uh, you know, so let's uh, let's let's hope for something good out of the deal. I guess I, I, honestly, I'm hoping he does win uh, because I do want to see the Fury rematch. But now you got Fury, uh, uh, you know, playing in the the WWE. Uh, for what we're assuming is a, a solid payday, being a part of their Saudi Arabia event, um, do you think that's going to have an, an effect? I, I don't even care about Fury anymore, honestly. Like, who is he fighting now? He's like not fighting anyone. Like, he's fighting some just guys that just aren't even on his level at all. It's just kind of it's kind of annoying, you know. He's talking about everyone else not fighting anybody, but you got you got um, Wilder fighting Ortiz next, and like, can you even name the last two guys that Fury's fought? Uh, Otto Otto Wallen, uh, who was twenty and zero at the time. Paul Wall and, and uh, Tom Paul Wallen. 
uh, yes, Paul Wallen. Uh, <laughs> the disco ball in his mouth insinuates he's bowling. Um, is he posted up? <laughs> is he posted up in the ring? Parking lot pimping with the slab. Uh, yeah, posted he, up on the block um, like he, a mailbox. He also he also faced Tom Schwartz, who was 24 and 0 at the time. Um, he actually went uh, the the full 12 with the auto wall, and it was the end of the decision. Um, and then that was the one that actually I believe he almost he almost lost, if I remember right. It was it was a close close on the cards, if I recall. But who who is who is Paul Wall and Otto Ball and? <laughs> uh, he's actually hasn't fought. Uh, yeah, looking at looking at his, I just see a lot of uh, a lot of Eastern European names. Anything special about it as far as it goes? So yeah, I I, I guess uh, going going by that going by that note, then you're absolutely correct. Uh, face anybody outside of the uh, since since Vladimir. Uh, you know, in other in other boxing news, uh, the Clarissa Field fight did not happen due to uh, some things that occurred at the weigh-in. Um, you know, she was looking to become the youngest uh, youngest multi uh, multi-weight class champion um, would have eclipsed um, would have eclipsed um, Lomachenko as far as uh, the, the quickest rise to I believe it was what three division championships yep and um, and so yeah there is a, a fight that happened between the two camps um, and uh, resulted in one of uh, her opponents uh, trainers um, being uh, taken to the hospital, and the match got called off following that. Um, Whoa! I didn't even hear about Twitter that. Back and forth. Yeah, yeah, a lot of chirping on Twitter back and forth. Um, but uh, long and short, we did not get the, uh, another Clarissa Shields match that I was actually really excited for. Um, you know, definitely one to watch as far as things goes. I feel like you know she she hypes up her fights, but as far as as far as being a person. Um, uh, an athlete to look to. Um, I feel like she's a, a solid one. So the the stuff that happened uh, between her her peers or her her, her team and and um, God, who is who is she facing? Even uh, it was um, it, it was definitely something that shouldn't have happened. And uh, obviously, uh, let's see, uh, Hobbison, who she was going to be facing, um, and. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things that's going to be a homecoming for her because it's going to be occurring in Flint, Michigan, uh, which would have been great for uh, her uh, in, in the community there. Um, she's always been outspoken in regards to the water and the situations in Flint. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I look forward to the next fight. really saddened that it didn't occur, and uh, hopefully they can get it done soon because I'd like to see her try and, uh, try and really uh, keep establishing her, quote, status as she calls herself the greatest woman of all time. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, also, uh, rounding out the uh, the boxing news, obviously we got word this week that there is a uh, a terrible car accident involving Errol Spence following a late night. Uh, it sounds like he was at a club pretty late in the evening. It says there were some high speeds involved. I don't know if there's intoxication. Um, no speed, no seatbelt. Uh, yeah, he flipped his vehicle, not wearing a seatbelt. Uh, reports are saying that he suffered no. Uh, no broken bones, just some facial lacerations and um, 
He's listed in stable condition, um, and this was as of three days ago, um, looks like according to uh, NBC Dallas-Fort Worth. So, uh, you know, I've seen the footage of the crash. It looks pretty damn horrendous, and it actually seems like, uh, you know, for a guy not wearing his uh, not wearing his seatbelt, um, the, the, the Methodist Dallas Medical Center said the injuries were serious, uh, but not life-threatening. So, I, again, I'm curious to see what's going to come out of this. If he's, you know, if he's, uh, if he was drinking, obviously that sets a bad precedent for anybody you should not drink and drive and get behind the wheel. Uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on Errol Spence, uh, especially coming off, uh, you know, he just had a great fight, uh, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah. Well, I, I've heard, I've heard that he like it hasn't really come to light, but I've heard that he kind of likes to drink in between fights and kind of parties a lot. And, hmm. I mean, I just, it just seems like athletes and fast vehicles don't always end up having the best outcomes for things. Yeah, so, no, I mean, no, absolutely. I'm not, like, I'm not upset about it or anything because, like I said, I'm the type that doesn't really – like athletes to me are normal people just like you and I. I mean sure they get paid a lot of money to entertain people but they have their issues and they're not perfect, you know, so it's like he might have he might have been driving drunk or he might have been driving reckless, but whether it be good or bad, people do that. And you know, I guess I don't really care about that. He didn't, no one got killed. He didn't ki- get killed. So it it is what it is. You know, I'm not going to not watch his fights anymore or ha- hold any like grudges against him. It's just, he's a normal person who does pride, made bad choices, did something stupid that night. You know, yep. shit happens. So yeah, no, like, I I'm agree. Just, no, for, for I'm glad he's okay. Matter, yeah, you know, nobody, and I hope that I can see him fight hurt. again soon. But yeah, yeah, and again, importantly, Hopefully, nobody else was hurt. So uh, kind of well. If he has uh, a drinking problem or issues with that, hopefully he gets that solved. You know, so yeah. Um, speaking of of of. Of, of problems, and this one did take a little harder of a turn, obviously. Uh, Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs, um, apparently it's been reported that a, a staffer on the Angels was supplying him with the oxy pills, but also it sounds like team may have been aware of um, his um, his um, potential addiction um, or, or at least his use. Um, you know, obviously Tyler Skaggs passed away uh, in, in, in what seems to be a drug overdose, Um you know, there was lots of, lots of coverage of it. He was extremely young, but, um, you know, that's, uh, that's a tough, a tough thing there as far as it goes. And, and, and certainly if, if somebody in the organization knew or the organization knew and they didn't get him the help, I feel like that's, 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 that's a, um, that, that's not good. That's not good news for the angel organization. who's obviously a team with, um, you know, granted, this this tragedy is is beyond the sport itself, but obviously they have a lot of um, on-field talent as far as it goes, and, and and have a teammate lose this, and 
and wonder what decisions were being made potentially by by the by the team uh, officials. Um, yeah, it's it's not good, and I it really looks bad for them because of the stigma of professional athletes, mainly football players, but professional athletes in general, like taking like stuff like Oxy for pain. Like there's a huge stigma to that. And, you know, people are looking at these sports and they're thinking, God, like these guys are getting like these, they're getting way too like easy access to these pills and they're over over prescribing them they're giving them out to them too much and they're getting these athletes addicted to these things and for them to knowingly do this and then skaggs overdoses is just it's not a good look like it's a very bad look so yeah um hopefully Absolutely. Hopefully the Angels can like get this taken care of or figure out something. But yeah, like it's looking pretty bad on them right now, and a lot of people are probably going to blame them for Skaggs' death or them kind of allowing him to continue his habit, or even maybe possibly getting him hooked on these pills. So. Yeah, uh, per the ESPN report, apparently the, uh, the the source told DEA agents that he believed at least five other players were also using opiates, and at least two of them, uh, at least two team officials, had been notified of Skaggs' drug use well before his death. First mentioning it back in 2017. Wow, that's that's Jeez. crazy. Um, you know, obviously a serious topic, and, and, and certainly needs to be delved into. But uh, uh, was you know, he a we'll good pitcher? Like was yeah, there a know, reason why certain... was there a reason why they were like doing this? Was he like an excellent pitcher or like you know I you know it's it's really interesting that you say that obviously he was he was on the uh, on the Angels he was only what thirty two years old he was uh, you know I but it's not one of those things where you're you're not looking at him like a a Cy Young um, you're not looking at him like a Cy Young candidate. Um, he was, you know, in, in a year, he was only, what, 7-7 seven and seven with a, a 4.29 ERA. So kind of just in a middle-of-the-road pitcher. Um, I mean, his best year, his best year ERA was uh, with 4.02, and he still is 8-10. Uh, and 10. So, I mean, you know, but at the same okay. time, at the end of the day, too, too damn young to be, uh, um, you know, 27 years old, too damn young to be, to, to be having to deal with the uh, – you know, that kind of addiction and that kind of, uh, yeah. No, I was just wondering kind of because so. usually like a team, like, like a team like that would kind of make reservations like that for a superstar player. So I was just wondering, I don't really know like how good Skaggs yeah. was or what his story was yeah. like on the field. So I was just wondering. Um, speaking of on the field, obviously there is baseball going on tonight. You do got the, uh, the AL, uh, CS, um, Currently active in the top of the eighth with the Yankees and Astros, all knotted up at two uh, two apiece. Um, let's see. Uh, looks like uh, trying to see if they pulled Verlander yet, and of course they did. Uh, Verlander gives you uh, you know six and uh, six point two, and 
or six and two thirds rather, and uh, seven strikeouts with those two earned runs. Uh, they did have a one nothing lead uh, early on with the, uh, and uh, then in the fourth inning, that's when, uh, <laughs> excuse me, uh, let's see it. Uh, Aaron Judge uh, went to town and uh, actually got the the two ribbies, so uh, get him back in the game. So as far as premier uh, matchups, there uh, Aaron Judge definitely making the best to, to sign you know, uh, to get him back in it. Uh, the Yankees currently lead the series one nothing. Um, if they go up two nothing, do you think there's anything stopping them um, from from walking into the series at that point? Yeah, it's baseball. Teams come back from. O2 deficits. I don't know the exact statistics, but it seems like there have been plenty of teams to come back from O2 deficits. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm still kind of kind of hurt by the Twins getting swept. And, oh, and after, know, after it, they it, after they got swept, I just was kind of like, all right, baseball's over for me now. It's it's funny you say that, Tommy. Tommy Weida, obviously a friend of the show. Um, he tweeted out, he said, after that series was over, he said, if the, uh, if the Cardinals win, the, the Nationals win, and the Rays win, he's done being a Twins fan because that would have been all three uh, underdog teams beat the, the higher-seeded team to, to advance. Uh, obviously, the Rays went, took it all five games uh, for the Astros uh, yep. you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, made it, and made it a good shot. Uh, obviously ultimately falling short. Uh, I couldn't imagine if that was the case where every underdog team uh, would would win and the Twins would get swept. I, that, that blows my mind, especially a team that led the league in home runs. Um, you know, but, but at the end of the day, um, I think it just truly proved how partially incompetent our managing is when it comes to the, to the, the, the pitching starting uh, that we yeah. decided to run with. Um, I, I yeah, think, uh, and obviously, the talent that we have at pitching in comparison to a team like the Yankees or a team like the Astros, um, you know, I, I feel like our our ones and twos would probably be threes and fours on these teams. Um, yeah, and 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 that says a lot, also. Yeah, and it sucks too because the Twins' offense did not show up in that in that series, and it was the fi- finally they finally were like. All right, we we decide not to show up in the playoffs. You know, like the big big part of their team just kind of fizzled. So I don't know. There's it's, always next it's, year. Yeah, it, there's always. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I don't know about that one to be honest. I, like if you know, we got to make a splash with another pitcher if that's the case because because Odorizzi and, and Barrios. I mean, Barrios could probably. He'll uh, he'll uh, he'll still evolve into a good pitcher. You know what I mean. He'll be definitely a, a serviceable guy. But but I, I don't know if we're gonna get uh, another year uh, out of Jake like we did, or if um, you know I, that's just I, and and the fact that we didn't start him game two versus what was it Trevor May? Are you kidding me? Like yeah, I, I still can't. Adam, the uh, the decision making that occurred there, like you you gotta win you gotta win one on the road. If you don't win one at Yankee Stadium, you're not. It, it, there's no way they're gonna win three straight against the Yankees. That's factual. Uh, yeah. With the with the depth of our pitching versus theirs. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, it was it was dumb. I I still I don't get it. Uh, the in in other when's Ryan gonna I'm call sure in? I, I don't. That's I was I was, I was curious uh, if uh, we're gonna be on during this part here because obviously the Dodgers, uh, the overall um, uh, National League one seed, if you will, uh, went up against the Nationals. Arguably the hottest team in baseball, though, um, as as far as things go, uh, and they. Uh, they got they got beat. I mean, they went five games, and they were, um, you know, you know, game three it looked like, oh man, here we go, ten runs from the Dodgers, they're going to handle business. And then game four, they only they only throw up one one on the board. Um, Nationals handled business, and and they took it to them the entire series. Uh, you know, from from you know bouncing back the the um, bouncing back from the shutout in game one. And then, uh, and in, you know, winning four two again on the road uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I thought uh, I was like, ah, I didn't think they would. You know, after giving that one up, I thought maybe yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're just gonna come back and kill it. They win the game three, and in game four, and uh, they just they were not there. And then game five, game over. Like they uh, they they choked again in the playoffs, and you gotta wonder if there's gonna be uh, maybe some changes. Uh, in the front office, as far as uh, as far as uh, head coach goes, and then uh, and then who they replace him with uh, following that, uh, you know, because he's proven that he cannot win in the playoffs with this roster for some reason. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the game log for him. Because he pitched six innings, gave up three earned runs, four strikeouts, and they lost. Four to two, so that's not terrible. And no, then I'm talking about Dave 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 Roberts, the uh, the coach. Oh, I um, oh I thought you were talking. I couldn't really hear you. I thought you were talking about uh, Kershaw. My bad. No, no, that's 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 not uh, <laughs> that's definitely not something you you change by any means. Uh, but uh, but Dave Roberts, obviously, in, in the postseason, just. Um, does not seem to get it done, um, and and you got to wonder if there's going to be something that that can be done for it because um, the clock's ticking on Kershaw, uh, you know, between, yeah. you know the back stuff. I mean, it, you know, it pitches lots of innings, he kills it, but uh, at the same time, again, uh, you know, what do you, what, what do they need to to get over that hump? Um, yeah, especially I don't know, man. For in the first round, like it's like Roberts has a lot of talent. It's like going to be probably going to be getting to the point soon where they're going to be like, man, you know, you might be a decent coach and stuff, but you have all this talent, and we're really struggling in the postseason. Like he obviously probably would be the first to go before any of the star players would, would go. So a change could be a coming. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's super funny, actually, because if you look at uh, the, the regular season record with him as a coach, is uh, he's uh, a 605 win percentage. In the postseason, 
uh, it actually dips down to, to uh, 532. But obviously, uh, since they don't have a ring to show out with that positive uh, positive record there, there's uh, obviously something something a little amiss there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, again, great talented team, and, and the Nationals, for for all intents and purposes, again a buzzsaw uh, coming in late in the season here. So uh, definitely uh, got to tip your hats. Uh, also, they're uh, they're already up two games on the uh, on the Cardinals. So. Um, and they're going to be going home for the next three. So, you know, again, that situation where if you, if you don't take one, um, uh, if you don't, if you don't take one at home, I mean, and you're the Cardinals, that, that's even worse. I mean, you, you just got, you just got swept at home and you might not even see another game come back. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's definitely one of those situations. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, um, the nationals, if they can keep this great streak going, um, going into the, potentially the world series, uh, and uh, and how they match up against uh, the winner of the Astros and the Yankees series. So should be should be fun to say the least. Uh, that game's still also knotted up two two at the bottom of the eighth. So um, yeah, it's interesting good, to see good stuff. It's interesting to see the Nationals like thrive the way they have been without Bryce Harper. Like yeah. a lot of people are like you know, a lot of people are like gloom and doom. Like when Bryce Harper left them, they're like, "Oh, we're done." We're all done. Yeah, you're absolutely they right. It, it's funny you say that because still big props to Ryan for for saying that they would be better. Uh, I know he wanted to take his victory lap last weekend and he didn't, so I'm going to give him his propers now on it. Um, uh, Anibal Sanchez, obviously, damn near, you know, through uh, through uh, seven innings, had a nice little uh, no hitter going, and then uh, between uh, giving up only one. Uh, one hit uh, that game. So, yeah, uh, in game one. So, yeah, it's the Nationals. I, again, probably the hottest team in baseball as far as coming into the end, going into the playoffs, and then they're continuing it going right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, other events going on tonight. We obviously had a full slate of NFL, NFL games starting uh, early, early this morning with uh, what Carolina and Tampa Bay in live in London. Uh, did you get up at nine o'clock and have some breakfast and football, or no? I did not have tea crumpets and football. I was actually at work, but um, <laughs> I did hear that Jameis, bad Jameis, showed up today and threw threw for four hundred yards, but through five interceptions. You know, and it's super funny with that, because despite that, they still only lost by two scores. Um, yeah. You know, uh, giving all those turnovers, uh, they still didn't have a great, uh, a great push. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, only 31 rushing yards, but I'm, uh, obviously had, uh, but they had to have Chris Godwin. Oh. Little yard there. Um, Let's see, uh, giving Chris Godwin leading the game with 151 receiving yards. Obviously, uh, a couple of um, uh, damn near 10 targets or 12 targets and 10 receptions. Uh, but, again, no, no touchdown from him. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, he did get uh, did get the touchdown in there. But, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's Tampa Bay. You know, Ryan was saying uh, we, were, we were giving him a lot of props. I just said I said we thought it'd be interesting to see if he was turning the corner more than anything. Uh, obviously, this yeah. game shows that eh, probably not. <laughs> um, you never know what he. You see. never know what you're gonna get from him. Like he's he's either like 
like super phenomenal or he's turning the ball over like like no other it's it's crazy with him like it's, he's very yeah. very polarizing yeah and it's um, not even really famine it's like it's not even re- I was going to say it's not even really famine it's like he's either really good or he's like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league like there's like no like famine like just like nothing it's like you either yeah. get a lot out of him or like you get the worst out of him like it's it's really weird yeah um uh, speaking of, of of really weird games uh in the the not game of the week uh Washington played at Miami uh that final score was 17 case case Keenum uh former Viking led the passing in that game for with 156 yards uh the rushing well, leader in that kept game him. was also former should have kept him should have kept Keenum should have kept him and should have kept him and uh Kirk the Cousins rushing sucks. leader in that game uh, Keenum's better <laughs> kept Keenum the kept rushing him. leader in that game was Adrian Peterson for 118 yards so a couple of uh, former Vikings tearing it up uh, for, for Washington. Um, you know, I, I, I got to say this. You know, I, the only reason I'm bringing this game up because whenever I see Adrian Peterson uh, throwing, 100, uh, throwing 100 up on a game, um, I, I, I still get kind of jacked because he, um, he, he still, I mean, for, for lack of a better it's got to get some good yards out of him. Like you get some good mileage for a, a running back his age. It's it's kind of impressive. Uh, would you would you agree? Oh yeah, he can still run. He just he's like the, he's the type of running back he is. He just doesn't fit what teams want to do in the NFL now because he can't catch. So I mean, like yep. he'll get you like if he gets carries, he'll get you a hundred yards more than likely. He's not like as good as he used to be, but he still can get. 100 yards, but he's going to need, like, 20, 25 carries probably to do that. He's probably not quite as explosive as he used to be. And, you know, he's one of those runners that gets better as he gets more carries. And, you know, if he's not efficient right away with his carries and he can't really catch passes and there's really a lot of times there's not much use for him to be on the field. So, like, I just – I don't think he fits – how teams are trying to play in the NFL nowadays and like he just he needs the ball like too much and he can't really do anything except for run the ball so yeah it's uh you're you're absolutely right uh Kansas City Chiefs take their second loss in a row um to AFC South teams uh the Houston Texans beat them by 7 um is there cause for concern uh for the Chiefs uh, losing at home, uh, or, or where do you think uh, where do you think this uh, currently puts the the team in the psyche? I think the defense is a big concern from them. Like for like as good of a team as they are, I think they probably have like, or like I should say like a team that's considered like a top team or a team with as good of an offense as theirs. Their defense is pretty lacking, and. Like, it's starting to become clear that Pat Mahomes needs the defense to kind of 
do their part and step up a little bit because they like they're giving up games, you know. So yeah, there was definitely lack. There's some concern there, and they need to they need to figure out their defense. Uh, it's funny you say that Kansas City jumped out to an early 17 to three lead in the first quarter, um, and then uh, you know going into halftime they got outscored uh, 20 to nothing, uh, allowing them to uh, obviously uh, you know come back at the half and, and uh, you know playing from behind. Um, certainly not what you expect um, for one of the uh, highest the highest powered offenses, especially with the the talent that is Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah, the defense definitely a suspect and in, in letting him down. Uh, One thing too about them yeah, is that they don't have, besides Tyreek Hill, they don't have a lot of big like name weapons on offense either. Though, like besides Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, like there's not a lot of like huge name like guys around them, and who knows if maybe that's not starting to kind of come into play now too. I mean, yeah, they have LaShawn McCoy, but McCoy is way past his prime, so. But you still got Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah, Travis Kelsey, my bad, of course. Yeah, the I best, was going to say that's, 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 that's kind of football. a. Yeah, you know, and you still got, I mean, granted, granted, you know, they're not, um, they're not uh, to re-kill level, but you still got Sammy Watkins on the other side, too. I, you know, I don't think he played today, though. I think he might have been out or he's injured right now or not at 100%. So, double check. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, but yeah, you know, but again, you still have Tariq Hill and, and, and Travis Kelsey. Like, that's, that, those are, those are pretty solid names to go, to go with that. I mean, you know, and, and when you have an arm like him who can place it wherever the hell he wants to, uh, whether he's on the run or, uh, or, or standing still. Um. Yeah. Uh, in kind of a random fashion here, San Francisco also comes up big. They're they're seem to be streaking and, and showing that they're a, a talented team. Maybe uh maybe on the rise. Um, my Titans got shut out sixteen nothing. Uh, they benched Mariota and brought in uh, and and brought in Tannehill at one point. Um. I don't know what they're going to do because if Tannehill didn't do anything after the fact, I mean, against against the Denver team that, granted, they do have a pretty solid defense, but you know when when you know you you can't make that change and and get nothing out of it. Um, so I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen going forward. Um, in kind of some fun news and in. in, in Kind of qualifying it like a spit take, but uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, won today. Um, you could call it potential divine intervention, uh, as the Pope used the hashtag Saints, which obviously on a Sunday I believe knocks out the the, the Florida Lee of the the Saints logo there. Uh, when speaking about uh, when speaking about the <laughs> the new uh, the new Saints uh, that were being recognized by the Vatican. Uh, and uh, and lo and behold, uh, fans took it to heart and said, "Well, we, we were blessed by the Pope, so uh, we, we got to get that W today." And and and, and at this point, uh, the Pope's uh, blessing is at least together. got him going one and zero. And we got a caller online here, six one two. What can we do for you? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I'm still going to talk about the situation with the NBA players in China. 
don't. Sweet. Uh, you know, we haven't touched on the NBA yet, but you know what? You're on the line. Let's, uh, let, let, let's hear your take. Caller, let's hear your take. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, can you hear me now? Uh, it, oh, wait. He, now he's calling back. All right, hold on. All right. Let's see yeah, if we can get him back. All right, we can. We, yeah, we we can hear you now. Let, let's let's hear your take yep. on the uh, on the China gimmick. Yeah, I was just saying, um, the NBA players. You know, if you look at recently the things involving Colin Kaepernick and recently with the president, a lot of the NBA star players have positioned themselves as sort of social justice warriors, if you will. But they got exposed in this whole China situation because what they've shown is when their actual financial benefit is on the line, they won't take up a stance. And anyone who knows what's going on between Hong Kong and mainline China understands that's a social fight for the rights and the freedoms of the people of Hong Kong, which have had the freedom similar to what we have in our country. And they're trying to fight off the eventual takeover of the Chinese communist government, which is very oppressive. And anyone who knows the history of China understands that. And you would think these players who supposedly position themselves in that way would stand up and take a stand and, and make a political statement in support of the people of Hong Kong. But because they're financially, you know, uh, tied to a lot of these shoe companies that do business in China and that the NBA does business in China, because their money could get affected, they decided to be completely silent, to be quiet and not say a word while they were over there. But here in America, what we found is the reason it's okay for them to say speak out against Trump or be openly supportive of Colin Kaepernick, they won't take a hit because they know the media, as proven in several studies, is 85% are registered Democrats among news journalists. And the percentages are even higher among sports media, where it's north of 80%. So they know that politically the winds are in their favor to speak out, say, against a conservative president. Whereas well, they should speak out, should be speaking out against, against supporting both. Trump. He would they get attacked be, they by the liberal media. They should be speaking out against both. They should be speaking out against both. I think you are correct in your in your saying that, but they should be speaking out against both. Like, um, no, yeah, what, yeah. I, what I'm trying I, to say is that there's there's no punishment, there's no loss for speaking out against Trump. When they speak out against Trump, they know it helps them. Why? Because they know the media is going to support them and applaud them for doing that. Like I said, if you look at recent studies by both Harvard and Columbia, they've demonstrated that news journalists are overwhelmingly biased to Democrats. This has been proven over and over again. So these players understand that. So if these players, for example, some of them are Republicans, by the way, right? We know that because yeah. it helps them financially. But yeah. no star player is going to openly come out in support of Republicans in the NBA. Why? Because the media would turn against them if they did that. Now, if LeBron came out and supported mm-hmm. Trump, he would get he would get attacked by the media. Critically, why? Because yeah. the media is aligning themselves politically with the Democrats. So these players... They, they pretend to be social justice warriors, but in reality, they only go with where the wind is blowing. They, you don't see them go against the wind or go against the grain in any way, shape, or form like guys like Muhammad Ali and some of the great athletes back in the 60s did. Where it call- All right, caller. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate the call. Uh, you're, you're, I will say you are right. Uh, Ka- Kaepernick still technically paying that price, as uh, probably we've seen when we talk uh, just about my Titans. Um, you know, could use a quarterback right about now. And uh, honestly, I'd be willing to take a flyer on him. Uh, his lawyer just recently released uh, a bunch of uh, notes uh, over the past week as well, say, stating that he had not received any offers from on teams. So I'm kind of curious where that one does go because he did, he did take that hit. 
even if he did, yes, get the uh, the the Nike endorsement post post afterwards. Uh, my theory on this, by the way, uh, going into the NBA and China talks, is we'll we'll take that hard right turn here and uh, from the NFL because there really wasn't much outside of the Cowboys getting uh, uh, beaten by the Jets as far as the big news of the day. You know, I, I absolutely agree. I think the guys should be uh, be willing to, to to stick out. Obviously, the uh, the member of the the Houston organization did that, and Houston being one of the uh, big subsidiaries of Chinese dollars with the Toyota uh, Arena um, sponsorship. So, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where I think you also look at it where with all the strife that's currently going on in mainland China, where you have NBA players also getting ready to go overseas for those games. They also had to kind of step back to protect themselves because if you go over there and make these comments with a government that is um, potentially as tyrannical as uh, our caller noted there, um, you know, you put yourself in danger. And, and that's something that I, I'm, not going to, uh, I'm not going to fault these, these people who, who also have families, uh, you know, for not putting themselves in that direct line in that aspect. Um, Granted, you know that it would be a complete and utter uh, cluster if uh, I believe the Lakers were the team that was over there, if I recall, uh, if uh, a team like Los Angeles and LeBron James uh, suddenly were not um, were not uh, able to fly back to the United States. But uh, I, I definitely agree with the caller by and large. I think uh, for guys like Popovich and, and Steve Kerr to, to kind of take the um, – and I'm not going to call them cowards because they're not. Still, whether whether or not that they uh, they agree with the policies or, or, or politics of the current ways uh, of the current administration, um, you know they still supported their players uh, who, by and large, are minorities and have uh, have best. I mean, we've seen players, uh, the, the player from Milwaukee, get literally tased by cops for for what what normally would have been a parking violation. So I mean, or some of the things Babel that have players tackled. Tackled outside of yeah. a, a hotel, getting his leg broke, like for for pretty much no yeah. reason by by an off duty cop, I believe it was. Yeah. So so you know yeah, I mean you see these things uh, firsthand for these players and they've they've experienced it. I definitely appreciate the callers call. Definitely dropped some some facts and the studies and the media biases or 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 at least what they're you know the but at the end of the day it's dollars for everybody and. And uh, even even not saying anything, uh, the, the media gets to talk about the NBA, and they're still going to um, you know see some benefit from it. Um, absolutely, it's it's the global economy. It's there's lots of factors. There's lots of dollars tied to it. There's shoes. There's trades. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, there's there's I mean players. Again, it's a it's a nation of a billion people um, on its own. Uh, they still command a lot of. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even want to get into the full politics of things, but with tariffs and everything else affecting it, there's plenty of uh, of outliers. Um, I think um, I, I I I'm middle of the road again. You know, it's one of those things where you know you you either gotta stay at home with it or you gotta um, you gotta bite your tongue. But at the same time, I I, I don't fault the guys. Is, is what I'm gonna say. I don't, I don't fault them. Um, so I think yeah, so you know, my thing kind of, is, I'm disappointed that like a lot of people in the NBA haven't spoken up about what's going on in China because I feel like 
what's going on in China, like, is kind of similar to what, you know, they're speaking up about in our country, not quite to the effect yeah, their levels, in China. Yeah, their levels not quite almost, to their effect, yeah, but it's, it's very similar. China, our situation, to me, feels very similar with, you know, the the administrations and stuff and I would I would I would like the players to speak up about what's going on in with China and Hong Kong but I do appreciate that they're speaking up about stuff like in our country but it is kind of disappointing that they aren't speaking up about that either and I do agree with with what the caller was saying I just thought he was going to turn it into a like evil democratic media like call that's why I was kind of like uh they should be speaking out against both cuz I, I kind of felt like he was taking it to like that like conspiracy theory the democrats control the media blah 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 like you know what I mean so yeah it's it's okay that's okay there's 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 uh <laughs> there's good people on both sides <laughs> I got to do it um, so, so yeah, you know, again, that was, that was kind of the, the, the take on that. Um, definitely a tough topic. You know what I mean? I, again, uh, my, my ultimate goal for, for everyone in China is obviously I want everyone to be safe. I don't want anybody to get hurt. Uh, and that's, 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 that's how I personally feel about it. Um, and, uh, appreciate the caller for calling in. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, outside of that, I don't know. It, it's, it's really, uh, really interesting to see how it plays out, especially with the league and, and their sponsors. But um, again, plenty of opportunities uh, throughout the season to to see what happens and also see how this winds up um, kind of affecting. Um, switching back to the league, uh, the NFL. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, I, I put it in the dang topics and I forgot to completely even touch on it as a caller came in and came in hot. Dropping stats from from Harvard and Columbia, uh, as far as that goes, uh, and uh, yeah, the uh, Minnesota Vikings, our own Minnesota Vikings. We got to uh, we're gonna we're gonna call it uh, revenge, but it's nothing like revenge when uh, when they beat us to go and eventually win the Super Bowl, uh, and then we get to talk about it two years later, Case like Keenum. we actually did something to them. Case Keenum. <laughs> Keenum. <laughs> Case Keenum. <laughs> Uh, Kirk Cousins dishing out 333 yards. Uh, big receiving leader, however, was Stephon Diggs with 157 of them. Uh, do you think Diggs, uh, you know, gets gets a little love this week as far as it goes, uh, despite the the um, the talks of possibly trading him uh, away from the Vikings? Do you think that was legitimate, or do you think that was something uh, that people were just speculating on? There's always there's always smoke to every fire. So I mean, there could have been. Some like a some like a little legit, legitimacy to it. Like, you know, he hasn't been getting the ball a ton this year, and he probably is frustrated. But it might have been blown out of proportion. But there might have been like some little things said. So, I mean, you can't really tell because you weren't there. But like I said, there's always smoke to some fire. So there probably was a little bit of like frustrations and a little bit said, but I think it might've gotten blown a little out of proportion. So 
Um, let's see. A little uh, people still uh, dogging him a little bit on the uh, the old Twitter machine here, as far as Diggs goes. Uh, yeah, he had seven receptions. He was targeted eleven times. Did get a couple drops in the game. Uh, and people, uh, one of his people drops, said they, one of his drops caused the one of his drops caused an interception. Like hit him like right in the right in the helmet and like bounced off. And fucking Andrew Sandejo of all people got an interception. God. Uh. <laughs> it's yeah, it's funny. That's the only uh, besmirching uh, of Kirk Cousins' day. Also, uh, four touchdowns, twenty-two for twenty-nine, uh, and yes, one interception, uh, courtesy of uh, courtesy of a drop. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of funny looking at that. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook did not get uh, any big plays as far as it goes. Uh, long for today was fourteen yards, sixteen carries of forty-one. Um, did get a touchdown though. Um, Eagles and, had the best rush defense in the NFL though. Like they and, like they stopped the there run you go, yeah. really well. But their pass their passing defense is terrible, as we saw today, like by their blown coverages and like digs just pretty much running by their guys. Um, Matson looked pretty good though. Like Matson Matson had some nice carries besides the fumble that he had at the end of the game, but. I mean, this offense is just, if they can run the ball and they can protect Cousins, this offense is pretty dangerous. And do you, do you, you can see what, you can do see you what think, Kirk Cousins does when he gets time and when he's, like, on his game. Like, the Bears game, he was bad, but he also was, like, under pressure like no other. So that's kind of a 50-50 game. Packers game, he played pretty bad. Like, I, I will say that. But otherwise, he's been he's been he's been doing what he's been asked, and today he finally kind of had a pretty explosive game. So, so props to Kurt. Only uh, only one uh, only one sack uh, for a loss of eight today. His QBR was ninety three point nine. Definitely a a good. Uh, a good outing for Kirk Cousins, as you said. Maybe, you know, do you think, yes, the the bad games were real, and obviously playing the Bears defense is not ever going to be an easy challenge for any team in the league right now. Um, do you think some of the some of the criticism was actually received? And, I, and I'll say deserved also on Cousins. Uh, do you think that's also uh, maybe attributed to, to maybe the, the resurgence and the, the, um, the solidified uh, numbers that we've seen the past, uh, actually back-to-back weeks now, uh, looking at it? Yeah, that possibly could be coming to play. You know, just or he just he kind of he's doing what he did last year too. I mean, he had a few few bad games last year, and a lot of it was play calling and like very bad like offensive line play. But he also had really good games last year too, and people like have this, like, just really bad, like, narrative about him that he's just this, like, terrible quarterback or something. It's like, man, he's not that bad. Like, we actually, yeah, he costs a lot of money, but he's actually a pretty good quarterback when when things fall into place. And he's an above-average quarterback, and he's a better quarterback than Case Keenum, so... People need to just get over it, <laughs> and we need to like 
win some, we need to win some games and like just accept him as our quarterback because he is our quarterback. That's our quarterback, man. Where's, where's T.O. when we need him? That's our, that's my quarterback. And I, mean, I, just, I swear, um, like I swear, I swear, Minnesota fans are just they kind of like have these. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm trying. I'm looking for like a, a saying. It's like we're fickle. We're very, um, very, very fickle. Yeah, no, fickle is a good word, but I'm thinking like it's almost like they predetermine their destiny with about. Oh yeah, yeah, self fulfilling like, prophecies. Self fulfilling prophecies with like just like overly like negative like negativeness for like no reason, and always like hindsight like Minnesota fans hindsight 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 it's like. It's the reason why it's called hindsight. It's like easy to 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 say that, you know, after it happened. I just I don't know. I'm getting on a rant. I, I think I need to stop because I don't want to be trashing trashing my fan my state too much. But our fans suck, so <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It, it, it's okay. There's 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 some. You're absolutely right. I, I think uh, when it comes to self-fulfilling prophecies, I feel like the Twins and the Yankees are one of them. Um, and and but at the same time, they also seem to always come true. So it's it's kind of weird. Uh, you know, on that like note, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring falling. us to some. Every year, the sky is falling. I'm gonna bring in like yeah, two I'm and gonna, two. I'm gonna bring in the real MVP, and uh, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna take thirty seconds to to marinate on that, and then we'll uh, we'll be right back. Uh, Eliza, did you by any chance uh, have a real MVP for this week? Yeah, I, I got one. We were just talking about him. What do you got? We, just, we were just talking about him. I'm going Kirk oh, Cousins. Oh yeah, you're gonna give it to Kirk Cousins. I'm gonna give it to Kirk Cousins because despite he went out and balled today, despite all all the people that that be hating on him, all the backlash. I mean, even his old teammates hate on him. Like the Philadelphia linebacker, like he's the weakest part of their offense, and and what he do. He went out and torched him, so he's my real MVP. Hmm. Um. So what is that a bad uh, one? Is that a bad one? No, no. I, I just no. It's I'm not. No, your your MVP is your MVP, man. I I'm not gonna knock your MVP. I, I would like. And what, how can I deny it? Dude, dude went out and balled. So did you so, hear uh, about what the linebacker said? Like his like the no. guy he's. I forgot the guy's name because he's like all right, but he's not like anything special. But they're interviewing him. He's like, yeah, he's the weak link of their offense. Oh dang! If, dang. if that's not bulletproof or material. Yeah, yeah. I guess it, I guess if I mean that's what you got to do. I mean, if, if he's going to get bulletproof material from his teammates, from the fans, and from other players, and I, I hope he keeps taking it. As far as I'm concerned, uh, being a bulletproof material. Um, a world record was broken. It won't count as a world record because it's got to be held in an open race. Uh, however, Elliot K. 
Kipchoge ran a marathon, and that's 26.2 miles uh, in less than two hours. Uh, I just watched Spider-Man yesterday. So in other words, this dude can run 26.2 miles in the time that it, with less time than it takes to watch the entire uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Like that's that's amazing. That's Nobody's impressive. ever done a, a, a yeah sub two sub two hours. Like that's that's crazy. Yeah, that man was trekking. Um, uh, it was an Ineos 159 challenge. Essentially, it was uh, pretty much he was the only person uh, on the track when you think about it. Not like a not a true uh, marathon um, with with other racers. Um, he had um, uh, essentially there was pacers in front of him. Um, there was essentially a car with like kind of like a. Uh, uh, Kind of like a, a disco laser in front of them, kind of showing them the correct pace. So if you're in front of the laser, you're 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 going to beat it. If you're behind it, you're going to be behind it. Um, so there is um, some unique other um, theories in regards to you know some of the pace runners that were with them. Um, there were other Olympians of distant stars, um, and they would do essentially like a wind blocking formation. Um, kind of running in a reverse flying V, in which case he would be, um, uh, you know, be more aerodynamically sound as he ran. There's also notes of him using unreleased version of Nike's controversial Vaporfly shoes, which researchers confirm lower marathoners, low, lower marathoners' times. Uh, and then uh, he also had unfettered access to his favorite carbohydrate-rich drink. So essentially, he had the perfect storm of uh, of, of details to uh, to get him across the finish line in, in under under two hours. But uh, whether or not you had all that information or those extra, uh, I'm going to call them assists, that man still had to put one leg in front of the other uh, for for over two hours for 26.2 miles. So so shout outs to him for being my real MVP this week. Hopefully, hopefully we see him run. Hopefully, see we see him. Hopefully, see him run a marathon. I want to see what he's like in a real race. He actually he holds the real world record as well. Um, oh wow! He's also a multiple okay. gold medalist. So yeah, he's uh, okay. He's, so he's, he's legitimate legit. as, as far as it goes. But this, this record in itself, unfortunately, does not qualify as a world record because of uh, it not being a open public race. Okay. Yeah, so I uh, can't take anything away from them. Uh, speaking of taking away, the, it looks like uh, if things keep up here, we're going to see some uh, extra innings as uh, we're in the bottom of the ninth, and it is still knotted up 2-2 for the Yankees and Astros. Uh, <sighs> crazy. Uh, Elijah, you got anything else you want to speak on? You know, I I, I think we've covered – I was going to ask you – like, are the, if there's any surprises or like disappointments for you in the NFL, like the season so far? So far, uh, my Titans. I, honestly, <laughs> legitimately, um, I you know you go from being a playoff team last year, um, you get Andrew Luck out of your division, um, and um, and they. Uh, um, you know you and you continue to underwhelm. Um, especially against some of the the teams that they played, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm disappointed in them. Um, a positive thing, I think Dalvin Cook. I I think him coming off uh, coming off the injury and and, and looking stellar um, is a positive for us. Um, but also just just good for again to see a running back uh, pounding the ball. 
uh, and 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 he's doing it well. So shout outs to Dalvin Cook. Do you think? Are you ready to label Mariota and Corey Davis busts yet? Um. I want to say no to Mariota because he's had three, I think three offensive coordinators and two head coaches in his, in his rookie contract. So, I mean, as far as stability goes, and then the fact that he's never had weapons outside of Delaney Walker, I don't want to label him a bust. I think he's a product of the talent that he is, he he's had with them. Um, he's had a crap offensive line um, and and I think he was just not set up to succeed in any way, shape, or form. And I will still go back and say, given um, given the um, given the given the roster at the time, I still would have liked them to take uh, Amari Cooper over him and then take the next best available quarterback because you've got to have a legitimate weapon. In order to in in order to spread it around in any way, shape, or form. What about Corey Davis? Um, that same thing. I, you know what I mean? Like again, when you don't have an offensive line, uh, it's hard for him to get you know even even get open in time for a, a, a reasonable throw. So no, yeah, I'm. I'm I'll say, and he's still got. I think he's still got a, a year to go before I make that call on him. Okay. Do you have any surprises? Like any anything that really surprises you right now so far this season? I think it's appalling uh, that the <laughs> that the Patriots are six and zero. I think their combined opponents' records are like they're like four and seventeen or something stupid like that. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I think it's gross. I I, I think I, the, the schedule that they have, on top uh, on top of already having their divisional schedule. I mean, they're going to play the Browns. They're going to play the Eagles. They're going to play the Bengals, and then they still get to play the Dolphins and Jets again. Like this is this is, they get to play the the Redskins. Like this this schedule is trash, complete and utter garbage. And I I can't I can't figure out how how this happens. Uh, for 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 anybody in this league, uh, especially for for as long as it has, I mean, they're, they're garbage. They're, I hope the Bills beat them uh, the second time around because that that's their only loss right now. And yeah, yeah, I, the Patriots pissed me off, and, and that's just factual. So I, I'll go on that rant right now. Um, it's the Patriots, man. I'm like I'm not surprised that they do good. Like I'm not surprised that they do well every year. It's the damn Patriots. Like I just got yeah, to the point where I just, look at the division. I don't care. Oh, they're in the worst. They're in the worst division probably in the NFL, or one of the worst divisions in the NFL. But it's like last just, twenty years, always, guaranteed. They're yeah, they're just always. It's annoying. So it's like I just don't even think about it anymore. I just don't even care. They're like don't even exist to me. Oh, I just block I, them I, out I, of my I, mind. I, it frustrates me. Um, the Ravens are a, a cool surprise. I think uh, seeing um, seeing uh, uh, Lamar Jackson ball out is is definitely really cool. Um, especially, you know, he wasn't 
he wasn't uh, receiving the fanfare that some of these quarterbacks receive coming into the league. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's cool to see see a guy who's multifaceted like him do it, do it right now, too. So um, it, that actually is uh, probably one of the better matchups that the, that the Patriots do have coming up. Um, that's actually, I think, two weeks from now. Um, so, so I'll be uh, putting on a Ravens hat for there. Um, I'll be coming onto the show, uh, maybe stepping out and doing the the Ray Lewis shuffle, uh, depending on if they if they win that game. Uh, I'll be getting some quotables ready. Um, but yeah, but then you you look at I don't know, you look at the Ravens and you look at their schedule and it's like, you know, they got to play the Chiefs, they got to play the Seahawks on the road, they got to play the Patriots. Granted, they get to do that at home. They got to go against the Rams. Uh, you know, like, if you look at a schedule like that, you're just like, well, how does that, you know, like, that's a tough schedule, man. Yeah. That's a tough schedule. Yeah. yeah. NFL, man. NFL. Yeah. Roger Goodell, man. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's my thought. My thought is. Uh, King I think business. that's about it for me tonight, man. I, I'm winded like I ran a, a marathon in sub two hours, but there's no way I'd ever do it. Um, let's see. Yeah, we did good. Uh, so shout out for that. Uh, you got anything else, buddy? No. No. Uh, I implore you to watch the, uh, the, oh, you know what I said? I did have one more thing. I, I, I phone on speaker because I screenshotted it and it really annoyed me. And granted, I know you didn't see the fight, but uh, apparently Canelo said uh, this about Triple G. I gave him 24 rounds. He could not beat me. I beat him. To me, he represents no challenge. What he does represent is good business. Uh, Deryoshenko beat him. It was a fight. Uh, And Deryoshenko looked really well. Uh, Regarding Triple G, we all know, everyone knows, it's unnecessary to say more. But he looked slow, and I think everyone... Uh, I gave everyone the pathway to see how to hurt them, which is the body, and that's what we saw. Uh, for me, the fight presents no challenge to me right now. We fought two times, 24 rounds. I beat him, so he represents no challenge. However, what he does represents some good business. So if they offer me something really good, maybe a third fight can happen. Uh, what are your thoughts on Canelo Alvarez? doesn't surprise me that he would say that, even though he lost the first fight in my eyes. And probably might have yeah. probably even lost the second fight in my eyes in a close fight. So it doesn't surprise me. That's just Canelo, like, talking. Like, most guys who win controversial decisions don't admit that they could have lost. They just they take the win and they, they run with it. So it doesn't surprise me that he's saying that. Um, I do think he has some valid points about Triple G, like kind of slowing down, not being quite as good as it used to be. And like, I think like if they fought a third time, Canelo probably would beat him just because Triple G is slowed down considerably, uh, considerably in my eyes. I feel like he kind of started to slow down a little bit. Like the, after the Kel Brook fight to me, kind of like he seemed to slow down some, so, like, Canelo has points, but, like I said, it doesn't really, it's just it's just him talking. Like, it doesn't bother me either way. Like, I'm not going to get worked yeah. up over him saying something 
kind of stupid because that's just what boxers do. They never admit that they could have lost or lost like a controversial decision. So whatever, it is what it is. It's Canelo talking. Probably maybe trying to hype up this fight a little, like their third fight a little more. Who knows? So that's that's my thoughts uh, on that because that, that's kingdom business. <laughs> that's kingdom business. Uh, it's funny you say kingdom. Actually, uh, there's one more thing that I, I got. I got this one. Uh, I would actually. I should probably just get ready to reel up the uh, the one official uh, spit take because this one this one is going to be worth it for um, for uh, for. For all intents and purposes, we all know that uh, Ryan loves to take um, to take a uh, take a good shot at the Clippers uh, because of something hanging in the rafters here. So I'm gonna play this. I was wondering where they're gonna get another tuba player for the band. <laughs> so, um, so the Staples Center, obviously, you know, a home to many championship banners for the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, also the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the Clippers don't have one, but one uh, one Taylor Swift does actually. She had the most sold out performances uh, at the Staples Center apparently, and there's a banner <laughs> being up there. And apparently the Los Angeles Kings fans don't like it. So uh, going forward uh, during Los Angeles Kings games, they're going to be covering the Taylor Swift banner in the Staples Center. So uh, shout out to the Los Angeles Kings fans uh, making. Uh, Making one less banner, uh, maybe appear for maybe a Clippers game or two, depending on how the uh, the turnover occurs uh, for that next event. <laughs> Man, why do they, why why do they, why do why do why do people hate Taylor Swift so much? Her uh, music sucks. I, her music sucks, but <laughs> man, like she she gets hated on. Uh, you know, like. I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm still Team Kanye. You know what I mean? Like, I so I I'm not gonna hate, 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 hate. You know what I mean? Like, she's got a couple catchy ditties, but uh, she doesn't even have any catchy like, songs. No. Like, I hate every single song that she has. Like, I don't like any of her shit. But people, man, just <laughs> do not like her. Oh <laughs> uh, man, uh, I I I don't know, man. I don't. I don't have the answer. Actually, you know, something that we didn't touch on. Speaking of songs, actually, we're, we're not done yet. We, there was obviously the great, uh, the great rap battle that occurred. Four tracks between the two, uh, between the two athletes, one former, one current. One Shaquille O'Neal uh, had to had to respond after Dame Lillard made an appearance on the Joe Budden podcast. Said he was a better rapper than Shaq. Shaq dropped the diss track. Dame Dalla comes back. Shaq drops. Uh, no, I'm sorry. So Dame Dollar comes back after Shaq drops his, and then he does another one. But then Shaq, I think, had the best track of the uh, the whole the whole bit in his in his last one. Uh, did you hear all four tracks? You know what I think of this battle? Mm. I don't care. You know why? <laughs> why? Because they're basketball. Because they're basketball players. And basketball players suck at rapping. Like Dame, Dame's okay. Like I, he's got decent flow, but like basketball players are not good rappers. And I don't go out of my time to listen to them. Like I know Shaq came out with albums that people like, but 
and Shaquille O'Neal. He's a basketball player. He's not a rapper. So I didn't listen to nothing. So I have no idea who said what, what kind of beats they were, because I'm just like, they're fucking basketball players. <laughs> you just didn't even care. I, I, I'm going I'm to challenge you to, 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 to listen to the four tracks, because I, I think you, you might actually enjoy some of the lines. Have you ever heard um, Kobe Shaq Bryant rap? Okay, this is not Kobe Bryant rapping, bro. This, these, have you ever I, these, have you ever heard of yes. Have you ever heard Cedric Sabalos rap? <laughs> not Cedric Sabalos, no. <laughs> I've have you ever heard Alan Jason Kidd? Have you ever heard Jason Kidd rap? Yes, I, I've heard uh, Tony Parker in French rap. Uh, <laughs> I've heard uh, Ron Artest. Um, Ron Artest might oh, still have God. the best uh, tribute to Michael Jackson I've ever heard. <laughs> it's absurd. Uh, there's also Blood in the Gatorade, y'all. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, on that note, man, uh, <laughs> thank you for just a good go show. Listen to, thank you just for the go caller. listen to the NBA's best kept secret CD from back in the day. <laughs> And you won't want to listen to another basketball player rap ever again. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't co-sign that stuff. <laughs> oh man, uh, Eliza, thank you for for joining me tonight. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get back together next weekend. Thank you to the caller. Yep. Uh, thank you to uh, the NFL, MLB, uh, providing some that entertainment. Uh, everyone, stay safe and have a good night. Bye.